This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And I think we have become in the Western world emotionally illiterate and I think afraid of emotion. When the reality is, is if you don't control your emotions, they'll control you. And even just labeling that emotion, it's the beginning of starting to actually harness it and bring it back under control. We actually get so overwhelmed by the volume of emotion that we we can't isolate it. We, we don't know how we feel. And so we typically turn to things to just numb out and to make it stop. I'm not trying to fix it. The power is in just listening. Dear young married couple, what's your family's EQ? And what is an EQ? We've all heard of IQ, your intelligence quotient, but what's an EQ? So an EQ is your emotional quotient, and it just has to do with your emotional intelligence. So how well do you do understanding and managing your emotions, communicating with others in effective ways, relieving your stress levels, empathizing with others, and why is this all important? We dive into that today with Dr. Josh and Christy Straub of Famous at Home. So let's introduce who these awesome people are. So Dr. Josh and Christy Straub are speakers, authors, and marriage and leadership coaches. They lead Famous at Home, which is an organization that helps equip leaders and organizations, churches, military families in family wellness and also emotional intelligence. So this is a dynamite interview. You're going to learn a lot and um, I'm excited to hear from you guys what you learned from this episode. Yes, and FYI, we have an entire monthly live date night coming on this topic. We're talking about what is your EQ, diving into it in detail. So monthly live date night is coming up April 15th at 5 p.m. Pacific time, and we will put the link in the show notes so that you can register and come join us live for that 90-minute date night. On to the interview. Welcome, Dr. Josh and Christy Straub to the podcast. We're so thankful you're with us today. Welcome, guys. Thank you, guys. We're so glad to be here. Yes, thank you for having us. Oh, well, we originally um, heard about you guys through somebody who walked up to us at an event and said, hey, have you heard of Famous at Home? You need to have them on your podcast. I, you guys remind me of each other. And we're like, OK. And then like shortly thereafter, you guys had reached out and we're like, this must be meant Let's to be. Yeah. <laughs> so we're excited to dive in with you guys today. So you guys have a book coming out called Famous at Home. And in the book, you guys talk about seven decisions that you need to make as a family. And one of those decisions, uh, a few of those decisions have to do specifically with emotional intelligence. And we've been talking a lot about emotional intelligence and the importance of emotional intelligence in the marriage and the family. So we're going to hone in on those decisions with you guys today. Sounds great. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, absolutely. It's really a pleasure. So 
uh, there are seven decisions you make, like Chris had mentioned. Uh, we want to hone in, of course, like on that on that part of emotional intelligence, which I think is absolutely necessary that we just kind of forget to do. Mm-hmm. So maybe a jump in that, like, what is emotional intelligence, and why do people need to think a little bit more about this? Yeah. Yeah. So emotional intelligence really comes down. I, I try to simplify it as best as possible to say it really is a self-awareness um, that start, it starts with self-awareness and it leads to others awareness. So in other words, um, an awareness of what it is that we're feeling and why we're feeling that way. And then that it opens up the door to be able to understand what another person is feeling and why they're feeling that way so that we can use that information to then interact in a way that serves the relationship the best. And I think Jesus really, uh, really started this uh, at the very beginning when he says, you know, uh, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, mind, and soul and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. And so there's this idea that we have to be able to love ourselves. We have to be able to enter into our own world and experience as John wrote, you know, we love because he first loved us, our ability to step into the shoes of another human and show true empathy and love where we don't make it about us, but that we truly make it about the other person really stems from our own self-awareness and our, and our ability to feel loved as well. And as therapists, you guys know, this. this is often why we always start with, you know, what was your relationship like with your parents? Because our earthly parents are a, are, are, are the foundation for where did we start to experience love? And then ultimately when we accept Jesus and the heavenly father and, and how we experience God's love for us is really um, the foundation for that. And so for us, that that's, that's really what it is. Um, and then the biblical component of that, because we just genuinely see how, you know, God is emotions are important throughout the absolutely. Bible. Absolutely everywhere throughout the Bible. And yes. I think we have, um, become in the Western world emotionally illiterate and I think afraid of emotion um, yeah. or in his week or whatever. When the reality mm-hmm. is, is if you don't control your emotions, they'll control you. Mm, so good. Yeah. What does it mean to be emotionally illiterate? I think honestly, there's a lot of, we talk about illiteracy, like and when we wrote a book uh, called What Am I Feeling? So it's a book for kids because we realized it really begins in childhood and it's actually being able to put a name or a label to what it is we're feeling. Just like we teach a kid, you know, this color is red, this is blue, this is green, mm-hmm. but to actually put a label or a word to what it is they're feeling. Cause if you think about it, we feel emotions in our bodies. Right. So it's like so much more complicated than blue and red and green. It's we feel it, 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 it overwhelms us, it floods our brains, and, and they feel very different from one another. But my experience of fear is going to be different than Josh's experience of fear. Mm-hmm. And yet that deserves a name and it's called fear. Mm-hmm. And that even just labeling that emotion, it's the beginning of starting to actually harness it and bring mm-hmm. it back under control. And, and, and it, what it really does is calms the brain. And so it's so important um, for kids to learn it, but so many of us as adults have never learned it. That's true. How, when we then enter into this, you know, marriage relationship, are we supposed to do it? If I can't (laughs) communicate to you what it is I'm feeling, I don't even know. And we find this again and again and again. And obviously we, not obviously, fairly typically we will blame men and we will say, 
They can't, they don't have words. They don't know how to describe what they're feeling. They don't even know what they're feeling. And the that truth is-, is out right now. <laughs> <laughs> and we blame them. But honestly, we women are not a lot better. Yeah. It's, we actually get so overwhelmed by the volume of emotion um, that we, and we can't isolate it. We, yeah. we don't know how we feel. And so we typically turn to things to just numb out and to mm-hmm. make it stop. So we shop or we drink or we watch stuff or we, you know, scroll on our phones just to cope and to make it stop. And so what we want, um, the message to get out is, is that feelings, emotion, that's literally the power of God in us. It is, it is, Mm -hmm. it is the fullness of life that Jesus Mm -hmm. came for. (laughs) Like we need to be able to feel the full range of emotion and be okay when another person does too. And that doesn't mean we have to fix it. That doesn't mean we have to provide a solution or an answer. In fact, it really mostly means just sitting with someone. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's with the diff- and that's the difficult part. Yeah. yeah. Just managing, and we can get into that, but like how I manage her overwhelming yeah. emotion and how I manage my kids overwhelming emotion in the moment, uh, right? And, like, and yeah. of you already trying to manage your own overwhelming emotion <laughs> exactly because right? like, it's we, usually co-occurring exactly yeah. Yeah. yes your your amygdalas are going off and you're in fight flight or freeze so are they like it doesn't yep. go well we all know how this goes mm-hmm. and so having a, an emotional language or what we call it like emotional safety within the home yeah. basically just allows it allows us to be with one another in a way that I'm not threatened because you have emotion, but I also, I allow you to have emotion, but with boundaries. Yes. You know, I think yeah. so often even, you know, people might list, be listening to this and be like, oh, okay, this is where this goes. And then, you know, the kids are allowed to feel whatever they feel and like they're <laughs> hanging on the wall. No, 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 no. That's not emotional safety. Emotional right. safety has boundaries. Well, and that's the, like Good. in Proverbs, uh, Proverbs chapter 16, it says patience is better than power mm-hmm. and controlling one's emotions than capturing a city. Mm-hmm. And that's the CSB version. And I, I think what's so powerful about that is the idea that you can capture a city, but if you can't control your emotions, you're going to lose the city. It's mm-hmm. like David with Bathsheba, right? It's, it's, it's when we reach the pinnacle of success and you have all these emotional things and you have mm-hmm. access to all these resources. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to fall because you haven't paid attention to your own inner world. And, and to Christy's point, like the reason that we have emotional vocabulary, the reason that we're able to, the reason for being able to label emotion and what it is we're feeling is so that we can bring it under control Mm -hmm. because it's when you don't label it, that it tends to control you. Yes. Yeah. So good. Excellent. I love that about David. It's like, man, David, yeah, you gain some things with the sin, but you're also going to lose a lot too. And a lot of heartache. Yeah. Yeah. So, so managing yourself looks a lot like managing, of course, your thoughts, but managing those emotions and knowing what's happening within you Mm -hmm. in order to regulate. So, a question that I had ringing around in my head here was how, say that there are people listening going, okay, wow, you know, am I emotionally literate? Is it that, or am I illiterate? How do we know? where we fall on this and how to work on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great because question. Yeah. 
Yeah. In, in, so in our children's book that Christy mentioned, what am I feeling? We have a pull out, uh, perforated pull out feelings chart in the back with little faces on it, you know, nice. and, and, yes. and so they can hang it in their bedroom or whatever. And so it's just even for them being able, we have nine, nine emotions just for them to be able to label what it is that they're feeling, pointing to it and labeling it. Mm-hmm. And then in famous at home, the book that's getting ready to come out, we have a, uh, we have actually a, uh, a feelings chart in there, like a, a big feelings chart that, that has different feelings under each core emotion for adults to be able to hang on their refrigerator or to be able to have so, so that in label. Because if I were to ask you right now, give me five uncomfortable emotions you had this week and give me five positive ones, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to sit and go, oh, I was happy. I was happy. <laughs> I was joyful. I was glad. I was happy. Right. We don't think about all the range of in betweens, the the contentment, the Mm -hmm. surprised, um, you know, the the joyful, the glad. There's so many. And then in the in the negative, it's like, oh, I'm sad, I'm afraid. But what about jealous? What about resentful? What about bitter? What about Mm. you know, um, disgusted? What about right? And so we weren't taught, most of us did not grow up in homes where we were taught in emotional vocabulary. Yeah. The beautiful thing for me is this is where journaling comes into play. The beautiful thing that I have been experiencing lately, and I'm 42 years old and I'm just now, I feel like getting this for the first time. It's like when Paul writes to the church at Ephesus where he says, you know, I pray that you know beyond knowledge, the love of God for you. Like there's a, this Gnoso and Epigonoso. Okay. And the idea that you you know, you experience the love of God beyond head knowledge and our ability to experience that the place that I've been experiencing that the most is by doing a prayer of examine where I actually sit down with God. So we can talk about this in relation to our spouse, talk about Mm -hmm. it in relation to our kids and, and building that emotional vocabulary in the home. But I think it's important because it starts with us as parents. Yeah. How do we experience the love of the Father for us? That's and good. for me, doing a prayer of examine where I examine my day and I look back then, maybe even on the Sabbath at the end of the week, and I go, mm-hmm. what emotions did I feel this week? Yeah. And where yeah. did I experience God in that emotion? Because yeah. what I have been finding is that that's where I see God working or not working in my life, mm-hmm. where when I just get busy and I just do what what for the last 42 years of my life where I just run, 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 run. And we just do what we normally do. And you don't stop and reflect. Mm -hmm. It's hard to identify where's God actually working in my life. Yes, And I notice it most when I identify what it is I have felt at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I love that emotional inventory that you take. I love that you also have a chart for adults. It made me think of when we, we were in, um, in session in person back before uh, the unspeakable. And um, we had a, a coffee table that had a magnet on it with all the emotions. It was meant for children. It's got like silly faces and stuff. And so that was for when I was working with kiddos and teens. But what I found is that adults had a similar challenge just as much of a challenge identifying their own emotions. And so I found myself referring to the magnet. I was like, well, there's a magnet down there. If you'd like to take a look at it and see, you know, which emotion is that most like for you? And they found it so helpful. So I I love that you actually have a chart in your upcoming book for adults, because it's not just for kids. We all need to expand our emotional vocabulary. Yeah. What's, what's fascinating about that. And what kind of, one of the biggest things that I talk about as it relates to parenting specifically is you can, and, and 
you know, I, I found this throughout my doctoral research and throughout every, everything that I study. It seems to me in the data that the research always comes back to one primary conclusion, and that is that our kids become who we are. In other words, your kids will not outgrow your emotional or spiritual, your emotional or spiritual ceiling while they're under your roof. If you, if your ceiling is your children's floor, then we want to be raising our ceiling so that we launch our kids out into the world emotionally and spiritually healthy. Preach. And there was one study that I talked to. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, yeah, like for all of us, it's like, so, so in the book and famous at home, we talk a lot about before we get to the seven decisions, we talk a lot about who are you becoming as an adult? Mm-hmm. Because that's the key. And there was one research study that looked at a guy named Robert Epstein. He did a meta analysis. He's out of Harvard, did a meta analysis where he gathered all this parenting data to come up with the top 10 strategies, the best strategies for get the, to getting the outcomes we most desire in our kids. And what he found was that, and then he asked parenting experts about what they thought that he wanted them to list what they thought the top 10 would be. Okay. And none of the experts got any of them right. Um, which was Good amazing. Thing I'm not an expert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like expert, right? Like quotes. Um, what he found was out of combining all these research, all this research data, seven, by the way, because most people listening are probably going, well, discipline, it's got to be discipline. It's got to be, you know, making sure my kids are in line. That was seventh on the list. Okay. Um, that was the seventh most effective. The most effective, I'm going to give the top three because I think it, it speaks into uh, where we're heading here. Number one was love and affection, mm-hmm. um, which as I described earlier, I do not believe that you can truly ex- be, by the way, it was love and affection. It was also the one that parents get right the most. They're the best at. Okay. But I, again, I don't think that we can show love and affection until we ex- first experience love, right? We love because he first loved us. That's right. So it really is a, it's really honed in on the parent, how well we do love and affection. The second greatest parenting strategy to get the outcomes we most desire in our kids was a parent's ability to manage his or her own stress. Mm-hmm. So go back to the amygdala, go back to your kids flying off the handle, your spouse flying off the handle. Like, how are you doing at managing your own stress and your own fear in the midst of your home? Second greatest parenting strategy, um, a parent's ability to manage his or her own stress. Number three was how you treat your spouse Mm. or how you treat a co-parent in a divorce situation. Boy, those are interrelated, aren't they? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like I argue that of the top three parenting strategies to get the outcomes we most desire in our kids, they have nothing to do with a direct relationship with our kids. They have everything to do with who we're becoming as adults. Yep. Yes. And so how are we first experiencing? We have to be able to talk about emotion and allow emotional vocabulary to be we can't be afraid of it. Right. We've got to be able to post those charts on the refrigerator, allow our kids to post those posters in their bedrooms. And instead of doing a high or low for the day, do a high emotion, low emotion yes. Yes, at the good. dinner mm-hmm. table so mm-hmm. that your kids can talk about how they felt. Because what we find, we just, just happened last night with our son. He had a rough, he had a, something happened at school and he, he talked specifically about the negative feeling that he had in it. And how he was angry and embarrassed. Mm. Mm. And he was he, his he was visibly like not present at dinner last night. Mm. Visibly not present. After he told us this story, he was smiling, dancing mm. as he's cleaning the table after dinner. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, I said, buddy, he's nine. I said, do you notice 
your countenance, how you are now versus when compared to when we started dinner and just showing him how just talking about that one emotion, we didn't fix it. We didn't try to correct the kid that embarrassed him. We just said, we're really sorry that that happened to you today. Yeah. And it did something to him. You saw, you saw him visibly change. He felt known and understood. Yeah. Yeah. And I think so often as parents just listening and, and even as spouses, as Christy mm-hmm. said this earlier, we're not trying to fix it. Right. The power but, is in just listening. But I think that's, that, that's the issue, isn't it? Like we think we're supposed to fix it. And that's why I think, I think that's why we feel such pressure and weight when someone brings emotion to us. Cause we're like, mm-hmm. what, the, what do I do with this? Like, yeah. I gotta, I gotta have like like wisdom. I've got to have like solution <laughs> for them. And I, I think to take the pressure off for everyone listening, you, mm-hmm. that is not your job. Literally that's God's job alone. Mm-hmm. Our job is to just like receive people into our presence and attend to them. So mm-hmm. if we think about how much we're attending to other things in life, like especially from this generation on the earth, like the attention we put to screens and yeah. like we are pulled in so many directions and I, even in, in marriage and every relationship and friendship mm-hmm. with our children, we're so distracted. If we could just put away those, our attention off those things for a little bit and look eye to eye, like eye contact like eye to eye, right? What is it? Right, right eye to right eye is the, where we bond. Um, and attend just to, just to be with them. Mm-hmm. And you're not even in your brain trying to like come up with some really smart, comforting, lovely thing to say at the end. Right. You're just with them. And yeah, you're just it's your presence. Yes. And, and, and that's, it's, I know that makes sound like that's it. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's beautiful. And if you do that, you're going to be such a great parent and you're going to totally. be such a great friend and such a great spouse. Like I can't yes. fix the things that are happening to Josh, but I used to try mm-hmm. and I used to try to make it better. You still try. Sometimes. I don't. I mean, there are times. Guilty. There's times you really think I have a really good solution. So I want you to know that I have a really great answer to your problem. And I have to, I have to, learn and sometimes I usually learn the hard way that like, that was not the right thing to say and I really he just needed me to hear him yeah 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 exactly it. totally yeah. so so what I'm hearing is this is one of the um f- just practices of listening this practice of listening or spending um spending your attention on someone without trying to fix mm-hmm. are there other practices um that parents or even let me let me step back one one step from that maybe even people that don't have kids that are like man kids are going to be coming here into our into our marriage and changing our life very soon yeah what are some other practices that people can work on honing their emotions toward each other so that they can create that rich um rich soil for their kids to grow out of We'll be right back to the interview, but first we wanted to share something that we are really excited about. So, you know, 
we all have those times where we don't feel super connected to our spouse and we really don't know what conversations to have to get us to that connected place. And then on top of that, we're so busy that we don't prioritize those conversations. And that's why we created the monthly live date night. And monthly live date night is every month on a Friday night for 90 minutes, 60 minutes. We focus on a topic that uh, you guys pick and then 30 minutes we do a QA and a and it's live where we're all together asking questions and giving answers on topics related to your marriage, your intimacy. And we share tools. Uh, we have handouts that we call homework because we want you to be there to listen and to soak in. But we really want you to take action in your marriage too. So come join us live for the next monthly live date night. Check the link in the show notes for dates and details. All right. Back to the interview. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Let me go back. Just let me rewind just a second because I do want to drop this. For those who are listening who do have kids, one of the things Christy mentioned, John Gottman is a top marital researcher. He also does emotion coaching and he did mm-hmm. research in the area of emotion coaching kids. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he found is that if you get this idea of emotion coaching, things that we're kind of talking about in a lot of ways, even if you get it right just two out of five times, you're still going to get the outcomes you desire in your kids. Yes. And so I just want you to feel like if you're listening to this and you're like, I am an emotional wreck. I feel like I don't have any, you know, listen, you're going to yell. You're going to say things you regret. You're going to mess up because you're human. But the reason that it's only two out of five times is because of a word called repair. And the research says it is the ultimate of relationships. The Bible calls it forgiveness and Jesus tells us to practice it a lot. And so when you do mess up, the buffer for that is to apologize to your kids, be Mm. specific about your offense, and then ask if you can make it right and how you can make it right. What you do is you model for your kids, number one, that you're not perfect. Uh, Number two, that you don't expect them to be perfect. And number three, you model for them how to make it right when they're not, and even model for them how to go to Jesus. Take that to the next level and take it to take your sin to Jesus in front of them and ask Amen. for his forgiveness to show your kids like, man, mm-hmm. I, I'm messing up and I need God's forgiveness every day. And, yeah. and so so if you are a parent, you're feeling that overwhelming pressure, there's that's the that's the buffer, that's the guilt-free, like, oh, we got this. Yes. Um, to go to your question, Adam, I I think. You know, one of the things that happened to us early on in our marriage is we were we were doing good until we had kids. Like that's where, you know, like the marital satisfaction just drops drastically right after you have children. And every but, every like soon to be parent just like sorry. We just ruined we, no life. one prepped us for that. So it was like and then everyone's like, but it's really great. And you like, you'll right. like, oh my gosh, yeah, you yeah. know, but like, yes, hundred yeah. percent. I try to balance that too. Like, yeah. just oh. get ready. It's going to be a big change, but it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's going to be a big change. You'll never sleep again. <laughs> and you'll probably never like have never sex again, again. But, yeah. <laughs> but it's great. It's really, I'm so happy for you. acid reflux, which, you know, all the things wasn't Mm -hmm. sleeping. We were, um, she was feeling lost her identity because she wasn't working now and, you know, had the privilege of being a stay at home mom, but didn't love it. Didn't like it Mm -hmm. and feeling guilty because of that. And so she's dealing with all this stuff. And I remember coming home one day and I was out working. I was at a coffee shop probably. 
And I must have been because she tells the story that I came. Can I tell it? You tell like, it. I feel like it's <laughs> Here's the true version. So I remember it like it was yesterday. I was standing in my kitchen. I was teaching. So Landon is our oldest. He's nine now. But at the time he was in the high chair and he was tr- learning to eat solid food. So I was wearing, um, you know, no makeup, hair in a ponytail, big baggy, like sweatpants and like an old college volleyball t-shirt, which was spackled in banana and pureed sweet potato. <laughs> I remember at the time. Thank you for painting the visual. We get it. Like, let's be real. Okay, so this was my life. Like I saw no people who knew how to tie their shoes during the day. I didn't talk to anyone who could respond to me in words that made sense. And so he comes in sauntering in the house, wafting some like delicious latte smell that, you know, he'd had. <laughs> he contrast. starts talking about all of these like exciting projects that he has going on and people he's met <laughs> stuff. And I'm standing there once again, spackled in. You can't see past the <laughs> spackling. Yeah. And I just started to cry. Like mm. I just started, like I didn't even know what I was feeling. <laughs> Let's mm-hmm. be real. Yeah. At that time I was just lost and it all came out. I just started weeping. And the words that I said were, why do you never ask me about what's going on in my heart? Mm. And I think for the first time, I realized how alone I felt and how lost I was. Like I call it, I really hit what I call the bottom rung of life where Mm. I was, I was I was overwhelmed. I was anxious. I remember well, you hit the bottom rung after Kennedy was born then. So that moment yeah. happened with Landon and mm-hmm. then it, it was like a, it, it escalated just kept going down, okay. down the ladder. Um, but yeah, and our, we had our second, a couple, a couple years later. Um, and she was worse. Not even a couple years. I and mean. <laughs> everyone assured me like, Oh, I promise. Like he was really, really tough. Like that is mm-hmm. not normal. That is not a normal experience, but you know, the next time, like, it's going to be better. Like you'll have a normal baby in air quotes. You know? <laughs> oh man. Well, she wasn't, she was worse. And, um, she would sleep for like 43 to 48 minute increments throughout the night. And oh, yeah. I know you're talking minute increments instead of yeah, hours. Oh, yes, that's yeah. terrible. She screamed like you dropped her on the floor. We didn't know what was wrong. We took her to every specialist. So, <sighs> but, but what that caused was this, like we were absolutely just functioning. Like yeah. it was total survival. Mm-hmm. There was such a rift between the two of us, not because we were even angry with each other. We were just not actually, sleeping. Yeah. We were so, <laughs> we were just trying to get through the day. Yeah. 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 Your, so, your EQ went down a few notches. Oh, it really what, did. Was there any? Yeah. I don't think that there was. So, so what I do is I leave because, um, that's what you do when your things aren't going well. You just leave your wife at home with the kids and you go to a leadership retreat. And that's what I did. Um, it was, it was already pre-planned. Um, a, a good friend, we've been privileged to have, uh, John Townsend, Dr. John Townsend has been a mentor and friend of ours for, for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And I remember him during that time, even telling you, he said, Christy, I promise you, if you let Josh come to this, it won't just be one week away. You'll pay, it'll pay dividends mm-hmm. 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. And so I went to that. And it was a leadership retreat, but I remember them specifically talking there about top leaders being able to engage both sides of the brain and being able to not just talk about content-based conversation, but mm-hmm. process-based conversation and the power to close deals and do all mm-hmm. that as a leader mm-hmm. 
when you truly relate to the other person, what it is they're feeling, entering their world. And I, I took a step back from that and said, I've got to go home and do this with my wife before I can do this anywhere else. And so I went home and my one task was I always in coaching, I always ask clients at the end, like, what is, what was the most useful thing for you today that you're taking away from, from today? Mm -hmm. And my most useful uh, tool that I took away from that moment was I told Christy, I said, I'm, can we try something? And I said, I want to take at least 15 minutes a day. And I want to ask you about what's on your heart. I want to Mm -hmm. ask you what, what was one positive emotion and what was one negative emotion you felt about the day? Mm. And then for her to do that with me. And that exercise, we called it 15 minutes that changed our marriage. It really became an exercise that we started implementing with coaching clients and that we just said, when you get married, when you become one flesh, you know, the Bible says to guard your heart for just the wellspring of life. Mm-hmm. And in, 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 but I believe when we get married, we become one flesh. We have one marital heart that we need to guard. EFT talks about this emotionally focused couples therapy. Yeah. It's about what's going on in the heart of your spouse. Mm-hmm. It's not what's going on between the two of you. It's what's going on within the two of you. Mm-hmm. And so we just started doing this uh, 15 minutes a day thing. And sometimes it's five minutes. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, 10 minutes. Sometimes it's 15 but the idea is create space each yeah. day to be able to just identify one positive and one negative emotion. And there's times it's gone two hours. Sure. Um, if Christy had told me, hey, sweetie, can we sit down tonight after the kids are in bed and talk two hours about our emotions? <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, there's a game on or, you know, I'm really I tired today. I got to again or something. <laughs> but I can remember very vividly. I can count on one hand probably the number of times that's happened, but I can remember very vividly those five times. Yeah. And I can remember the change that happened in our marriage because of those moments. But it's because we created the space for them. And so, Adam, to answer a very long way of answering your question, like how can we set this up if we don't have kids, sit with your spouse and implement 15 minutes a day where you create the space to just say, because otherwise we're talking about the business of the day and what happened and what we got to do tomorrow. Enter into and ask your spouse what's going on in their inner world. Love that. That's good. And in terms of habit formation, I think most of us find ourselves in that habit of like, how'd your day go? Fine. You? Good. And so like if that habit's already there, use that as a springboard for developing a new habit, you know, Mm -hmm. anchor it with, oh, let's do our 15 minutes. We call it a daily check in. And that's like, okay, let's actually go a bit deeper. Once we find ourselves in the old habit, that's a trigger. Let's go deeper into the, you know, the daily check in. That's really good. And it gives men because when I... When I talk to men and they're like, yeah, my wife just wants to talk about her feelings and they're like absolutely lost. Like, I don't even know how to do that. Yeah. I feel angry. You know, like (laughs) this is what, this is a really good example, um, Josh, that you gave. I I think that's very helpful to like you implement this tool Mm -hmm. and that would get you started in a, in a big way toward starting to understand the emotions of the other. So this 15, oh yeah, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say this too. And it's going to feel clunky. It's going to feel awkward, especially if this is not your normal thing. And so you don't have to sit down and just like look at each other in the eye across the table. Like Christy and I will do this while we're unloading dishwasher or while we're, Uh you know, like like there's, there's ways that you can do this to make it feel less clunky. And if you need to like give each, well, first of all, not if you need to, you must do this, give each other tons of grace in the process. Mm -hmm. And if you need to have a emotions 
chart in front of you. Do it. Yeah. Be able to identify stuff that's beyond the normal because I think it, what it does, that's what builds our vocabulary. Right. Mm-hmm. To, to, to men, because you work with a lot of men who this is a thing, right? Where it, it just stereotypically, they're like, like, that's just, <laughs> I was taught not to do that. And I don't even want to enter in. But what you actually find is that these are the very things that they need to turn on in yeah. order to survive, not just at home, but actually out in their work world. Absolutely. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. turn on and turn their wife on. Both. Yes. Okay. So, question for you guys this 15 minute check in, um, the 15 minutes that saved your marriage, that changed your marriage, um, is that one of the seven decisions in your book? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, decision number three is talk about emotions and allow emotional vocabulary to become part of your home, the atmosphere of your home. Okay. Um, which is decision number two. We talk about the atmosphere of your home and, and, and setting the atmosphere of your home. Um, number four, that's decision number four is mm. 15 minutes a day with your kids or I'm sorry, 15 minutes a day with your spouse is decision okay. number four. Yeah. Okay. And, mm-hmm. and is that decision number five, 15 minutes a day with your kids? 20 minutes a day. Yeah. So, so there's a great, uh, there's a great researcher out there. Uh, his name is uh, Dr. Stanley Greenspan came up with this idea called floor time. And uh, we just kind of taken that uh, principle a little bit because he found 20 minutes to be gold for a child's brain. And we're just saying, hey, listen, parents, you can do that by entering your child's world every single day. So you think about, especially when you have multiple kids, how hard it is for your children to get one-on-one time with a parent Yeah. Mm-hmm. and the power of that. And so this whole idea is to enter into your child's world and just simply be with them. You put your phone away, mm-hmm. you put all of the distractions away, and you do what they want to do. If they want to play trains, you play trains. If they want to play Polly Pockets, you play Polly Pockets. You know, and it's so hard for us as busy people who we get a dopamine bump from our work, the affirmation we get from adults and that type of thing to sit down and play a game of shoots and ladders where your opponent has no idea which way is up and which way is down, you know, <laughs> just doesn't give you the same dopamine bump. And so it is hard. It's, it, I think it's why we keep our phones nearby as our kids want to play shoots and ladders and do those things because yeah. We, we don't know how to turn off everything else and truly enter into their space. Right. Yeah. right. That's good. But we've got to learn. This is why, this is why it focuses again so much on who we're becoming as adults, because this is a moment for you to enter into your kid's world and do what they want to do with yeah. no other distractions, mm-hmm. saying yes mm-hmm. to your kids. Mm-hmm. And so, and again, there's people, I mean, I don't know, your audience probably doesn't, isn't up to the, you know, eight to 10 kids quite yet. But um, when you have multiple kids, it is hard to go, oh, I can't give every child 20 minutes a day. And that's true. So one of the biggest things we'll talk about is just find the child or, or you know, which child needs your attention the most yeah. in this season and find that child and give them that attention. Mm. I love that. That's really good. You, you mentioned Christy earlier a lot earlier in our conversation about boundaries. Like you can feel whatever you need to feel and want to feel. And this is a safe space to feel that. Um, but there are boundaries to how we behave. And it reminded me of, um, you know, our, our three and four year olds dialogue. So our, our three year old says, Oh, I'm angry yesterday. And our four year old says, Forrest, it's okay to be angry, but you can't hit. (laughs) Yes, this is good. But aside from, you know, that those types of boundaries, like you can be angry, but you can't hit. um, Are there other practical approaches that you take to the boundary setting around behaviors that are related to the emotions? Well, you know, and and I don't know, are you... 
Again, so that's a great question. And I know you're directing it towards Christy, but it made me think of something that she's been experiencing or has experienced in her life that I'm probably going to throw on you. You may Uh-oh. not want to answer. Because <laughs> so, so you have it to the kids, right? And, and maybe that's where you're directing the question. But I also think it starts with us as adults too. Yes. And the, yeah. the, the emotion that I want to go with for you is jealousy. Like I think when, when, when people feel jealous towards you and how that shuts you down, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And like mm-hmm. the boundary that, you're learning to set not of going hiding, but, you know, not going in hiding. I I don't know Mm. if that makes sense, but it's like other people's emotions in adult relationships, other people's emotions tend to trigger emotions in us that then, and we have to learn how to manage those in relationship. I feel like in order to help our kids set boundaries in their relationships so I don't know. I don't know well, if that's relevant or not. But and without and being an emotion, no, without being an emotion manager of other people, right? Like you'll mm-hmm. know, like on those, my, my own kids will try to emotion manage me. We're like, ah. Are you okay? You know, like, yes. I'm like I'm, that's always like my cue to be like, okay, I need to aware that mom is not okay. And so they're trying to make mom okay. And that's not their job. And so, mm-hmm. um, but like, yes, to that point, like, I think there's so many ways that we, the emotions of others obviously impact us. Right. So mm-hmm. in our home, so if we go back to the kids, um, even sadness, right? That's it. That's an emotion that if you give certain children free reign in that, they will stay in that vein for as long as they can. And that's, that's usually temperament personality wise, yeah. but like that we have to, have, you know, the actual conversation of like, it is okay to feel sad, yes. angry, um, even afraid, like talk mm-hmm. about kids that deal with anxiety. Yeah. Right. But we have proper boundaries. And here, part of that is the literal truth of God. We have mm-hmm. to we have to instill the truth of God into our children so that they know they are not victims, they are conquerors. And that all of these things, even though these things happen to them, and yesterday, it was a sucky thing that happened to our son. <laughs> like, I want to punch the kid. I won't. Not <laughs> I won't. Your son, your son yeah. is very wise to listen to his older sister. But I, I think there is a, I just think there's a way in which it's, it's for sure the way we put boundaries on our own emotions that our kids will model, right? right. So it does come back to us. It does come back to the way we do. Um, if obviously, like, I mean, and you guys know, it's like they're like to, to allow kids outlets, it, emotion is energy and it mm-hmm. does have to be processed through the body. So yes. to take the shame away of emotion too for parents, if you have a child that anger is loud for them, that's okay. Just mm-hmm. know that that, that particular emotion, they, they have a higher volume on that's okay, but they have to have a way to get it out of their physical body. Mm-hmm. So if that's running laps around the house, if that's um, putting out a, a punching station, if you have pillows, couches, punching bags for some kids in, in the garage, if that's as an adult, if you need to do that, do that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we so that you're not slamming drawers, slamming car door, you know, things that yeah. the kids are seeing and they're like, oh, so I get angry and I can just lash out at whatever's present right now. Mm-hmm. No, I'm angry. I have a place I go and I intentionally like I remember my own my own counselor. She used to talk about because she deals with trauma with people all day, every day. Mm-hmm. And so she said like her best tip was she'd go and garden. And I was like, I'm sorry, you garden like how does that and she's like I she said one time her neighbor came over to her and was like I have never seen someone pull out weeds with such 
ask yourself this question. What advice do I wish I would have received? And then you'll fill in the blank. Dear young married couple. (laughs) 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 Um, It's a great question. Um, Wow. I would say, dear young married couple, don't take your spouse's heart for granted. Mm. There is a little boy or a little girl in there that the father loves that you have the privilege of nurturing nurture it well so good that's beautiful beautifully that's biblically integrated fair. attachment it's so yep, good i was already going <laughs> it's not fair I just, that was so good <laughs> you, i asked you to go first i don't know i just thought of it like, and, and let me say this too while you're still thinking I'm still trying to do that well. Yeah. I mm-hmm. still don't do a great job at it. So I think that's the thing that I'm really <laughs> trying to do. Yes. yes. It's the thing right now in my life that I'm trying to do well and better. And mm-hmm. so I, yeah, that's the. Yeah. yeah. Good. I would say, dear young married couple, don't stop chasing joy. Mm-hmm. When all of the distractions come in, and you find yourself pulled in all kinds of directions, remember back to what it was that brought you together, and it was joy. You have joy in each other's presence, and don't stop chasing that joy. So beautiful. See, that was good. Profound. So good, both of you. I love it. <laughs> uh, you guys are awesome. I feel like if we lived in the same town, we would be we would definitely friends, have like hangout friends. Hey, yes. hey, you can move with all the other Californians over here to Nashville. <laughs> our neighbor. He said, "You're welcome." So <laughs> I know, right? Really, your entire state <sighs> is moving to be our neighbors. So. We would love to have you. <laughs> <laughs> Aw, this has been fabulous, you guys. Thank you so much. Folks, go pre-order the book, Famous at Home. That's what we all want to be, right? And make those seven decisions. Amen. You guys rock. Thank you. Thank you all. All right, friends. We really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at Dear Young Married Couple. And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right. See you next week. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 